The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Our time is running out. Our time is running out. You can't push it underground. You can't stop it screaming out. Ad nauseum. Uh, what's up, everybody? I like that song. Yes, we didn't we didn't do it justice, but I like the song. I love the song. We've done music before, and yeah. it's always is like we we there's that typically we find a lot of songs. Where we're like, I don't know that one. Oh, do you know that one? But Muse, we always typically know all of them. I love Muse. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, everybody? You are watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Man, I'm sweating already. It's hot in here. It it's is. like 95 out today here in, Jeez in Southern California. If you didn't know why we sung that song, it's called Time is Running Out. M21 has to ferry and he plays with time. The end. Okay. It's it the totally end. makes sense. Everybody yeah. knew that. You didn't even have to explain it. We're not even talking about Teferi today, but you know what? We sang about him. Yeah. So M21, it's here. It's fully spoiled now, so we can talk about it. We're going to be splitting up our set review into two parts like we have done lately. So this is going to be the show where we talk about all the new commanders, all the new legendary creatures in the set. We're going to talk about the synergies, the combos we see for each and every single one of them. Yep, and it's going to be a lot of cards to be talked about. There aren't as many legendaries, but there are tons of cards as you can see by the many pages in front of us. And if you want to get your hand on some of these cards, maybe you're inspired to make this deck when it comes out because M21 is right around the corner. You're going to want to head over to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's our affiliate link. It's our number one place to go whenever we need to buy singles, sealed products, or anything in the magic world. In fact, I just bought a full deck, my Paco and Halden deck. I pressed one button from our tapped out link and boom, I did it all. But I also made sure to enter in the affiliate code link and I got it within two days, Josh. Yeah, I just ordered uh, the stuff from my Obosh deck as well. Same Ooh. thing. Got it super fast. So Damage will be dealt. <laughs> this is going to be a fast game if you and I play against each other. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you'll steal all my cards, which also do damage to everybody. So either way, it'll yeah. be fast. Yeah, high five. Yeah. So cardkingdom.com slash command zone. You can also pre-order the M21 stuff right now. Mm -hmm. There's uh, Double Masters coming up. There's Command Mystery Boosters, Legends. Commander Legends coming up. There's C20 stuff that they got back in stock. So lots to get your hands on. And something else you're going to want to get your hands on if you buy all those cards is ways to protect them. Yep. You know that Jimmy and I only trust one company to protect all of our game pieces. It's Ultra Pro. You want to put your expensive cards into nice eclipse sleeves so that you make sure that they stay safe in pristine condition. You want to put them into satin tower deck boxes. You want to play them onto nice play mats. You really do want to make sure that all of your cards and your game pieces stay safe, stay in good condition. And don't forget, you can actually get a lot of this stuff at cardkingdom.com slash command zone as well. So, you know, if you can't make it to your LGS or to a big box retailer, a lot of the Ultra Pro product is there, including binders and stuff. Binders is a big part of protecting your collection when they're not just sort of in sleeves in the big box somewhere. It's a way to look at what you have and a great way to start deck building too. Yeah, it's great to know 
know what you've got because if it's in like one of those big long boxes a lot of times uh, i'm just like i don't want to uh, go through all geez. that but ship, you know going through your binders is fun yeah and you can show friends as well your cool collection uh and the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone you get to chat with jimmy and myself on our discord each and every day you get to watch game nights earlier than everybody else all kinds of perks and rewards we really do appreciate everybody that supports us that way mm-hmm. in fact one of the other perks is we call out one lucky patron every single episode, and this episode is dedicated to Carl Isenzi. Isenzi. I sense that you're a part of our patron, and thus you rock. rock. Sorry, Carl, we probably messed up your last name. We did our best. Yeah, but we made a pun out of it. I like how if we don't know how to pronounce it, we just say it three different ways, and it's just like, <laughs> hey, one of those maybe is right. <laughs> Shoot your shot. Uh, All right. So this is the new Commander Review for M21. We're only going to be discussing the new legendary creatures. There's a lot of awesome reprints like Azusa. Mm. So glad that's back. And we're not going to talk about them. (laughs) We're not going to talk about Azusa for sure. She is a legendary creature, but... You know what she does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Usually we talk about the new mechanics at the start of set reviews, but this is a core set, so there aren't really any new mechanics. There's nothing like Mutate or Companion. Mm -hmm. I think they were like, listen, that's plenty. Let's just go ahead and do the normal stuff for this one. (laughs) (laughs) And typically in core sets too, the the thing that they want to hark you know they want to bring new people into the the sets and all the cards if it says like lifelink on it it'll usually say you know what uh, what that does in detail as well that's a detail they always put into the core set text all right there are 10 new legendary creatures in this set all but two of them are mono colored so we definitely have a mono bend to this uh whole set and the first one a lot of people are excited about it's mangara the diplomat it's happening josh three and a white it's a mono white commander for a 2-4 legendary human cleric, has lifelink, says whenever an opponent attacks with creatures, if two or more of those creatures are attacking you and or planeswalkers you control, draw a card. Ooh. Whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn, draw a card. Okay. All right. This is conditional, but, but it's better. And that second line of text is pretty sweet. I'm with you there. I think the first line of text is the one where if your opponent attacks you with two or more creatures, you or Planeswalkers you control, you draw a card. That's pretty unlikely to happen. And if it does, your opponent's like allowing it to happen. Yeah. Um, But the second part, whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn, you draw a card, you're going to draw cards and quite a few cards off of that ability. I believe like from turn four or so on, you're likely to draw a little, probably on average, more than one card per rotation of the table. It's probably like 1.5 cards or something because people cast multiple things once they get to about five mana. Yeah, we've seen it so many times, ramp spell plus small spell. Uh, And not to mention this is on, you know, each turn. It doesn't just be their turn. If someone's an instance matters deck, they pass the turn to cast two spells, then you're also drawing a card. So that's pretty cool. I mean, that's card draw in white. You're right, it's conditional. Less conditional than most card draw we've seen in white before. Yeah. Well, this doesn't have you paying any mana for it either, which is nice. It is, however, conditional on other people doing stuff. So I think this is kind of falling in line into what white card draw might be, which is other players are doing things and you're putting like restrictions on them. Yeah, for sure. Taxing them in a way. In a way, but it's not in the bad way that a lot of white cards, like Spirit of the Labyrinth, stops people from drawing cards. Nobody really wants likes that to happen and they'll try and kill you for it whereas they don't kill you for this type of effect usually like rhystic study type effects yeah you draw the cards but it doesn't affect their ability to play the game in any way so that's just kind of like a mild annoyance but they don't feel like i better kill that player because they're not allowing me to do stuff yeah they're still doing the normal stuff you're just getting a little value while they do it and if you're in mono white i don't think anyone's gonna be like yeah it's that's broken yeah stop them immediately uh, uh why my green blue deck cries over here it's like no no you're you're fine still 
We're probably going to reference Game Nights a little bit uh, because we did shoot the M21 episode already, and I mm-hmm. will just say that I considered building Mangara as my deck for for the, uh, the this, uh, this upcoming episode. Here's the thing that I found about the, the, the commander, though, is that because everything in it is up to your opponents, right? it's hard to find a lane, a path, a target to aim at when you're building the deck and what i ended up starting to build was just like white mono white good stuff yep and i was just kind of i kind of started to get a little bit bored when i was building it and i so i did spoiler alert i moved on and chose a different commander because i was like i don't want to build that one so it's going to be interesting we're going to talk about some cards here but it is a little bit hard i think to build around this card even though i do think it's good yeah, maybe this isn't technically the commander that is white savior in terms of build around me to make the best mono white deck ever. I think this has a great place in Boros decks. In right, it's a more in the 99 card maybe? Yeah, just cards. That, I mean, like, so like the first part of the text, right? Let's say you do want to control combat. White's actually not great at this. I was looking through a lot of the cards. Master Warcraft is one that came to mind. It's a Boros card that's an instant. You can cast it before attackers are cleared. And you choose which creatures attack this turn and which creatures block and how those creatures block. So you can kind of control combat that way. You're like, oh, you're going to attack me with the two smallest things. Yeah. But like, you know, it wasn't great. There's like Thantis the Warweaver, but this card doesn't even go in that deck. Marisi, Breaker of the Coil, but then you're goading their creatures to attack. And they can't attack you, right? You go their stuff and they have to attack somebody that's not you. So that does doesn't actually help them, you know, you draw cards there. Yeah, there was an interesting one called Arbiter of Null Ridge, which I, I thought was really funny. Is. It's six and a white for a 5-5 five, five with Vigilance Giant Wizard. When it enters the battlefield, each player's life total becomes the highest life total among all players. And I was like, right. okay, maybe we reset the life totals. Players are incentivized to attack more. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so we're jumping through some hoops here. <laughs> uh, I'm stretching so stretching. hard. <laughs> A crone horse. Send them the old Trojan horse. Yep, that's, what, that actually is a good one. Yeah, at the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent creates a 1-1 one, one white soldier creature token. So they're more willing to send them into their death. Uh, the only problem is I don't think they're going to target you if you have... Right, you have a 2-4 life them. linker. They're not swinging yeah, with they don't, a 1-1. Yeah, they don't want to swing with that. Yeah. Um, maybe Pramicon decks kind of like this. Hey, you're the token deck. I will make sure that you can attack me. But then do you want to do that? Usually you choose the deck that's the least attacky to... Yeah. You're, you're like, oh, you're an instance and sorceries deck, so I'm going to choose that direction. It was at this point I was like, White's good at stopping people from attacking you. They're not good at incentivizing them necessarily. Maybe you just try and life gain so that you can just weather attacks. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think the first line of text about the attacking is going to be the least useful on Mangara, and you'll rarely draw cards off of it. And yeah, it's and just when hard you to build do, around. it's like, hey, I just hit you for 13 to 25 to maybe deadly damage. because that's, that's what they're going to do. Attacking. They're just going to wait. And they're going to be like, I'll attack you with one creature, one creature, one creature, 50 creatures, you're dead. Yeah, ha, ha, ha you got to draw one card. <laughs> um, okay, At so the worst possible time, too. <laughs> let's talk about the second line of text, which is much shorter, but I think much better. It's mm-hmm. the whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn, draw a card. Yeah, this, I think, opens up a lot more possibilities, because maybe you do want to play a somewhat group huggy-esque thing with like oh you give them resources give so them then resources. they're encouraged to like yeah. Yeah, i like this yeah. okay and, and benefit yourself hopefully like mana flare is one of those cards where it's tune red for an enchantment so our boros deck whenever a player taps a land for mana that player adds one mana of any type that land produced so now you're doubling everyone's mana and maybe you're doubling their spell count oh they're definitely going to cast more spells if you do that so you get to draw more cards yep. okay all right um i think selvala explorer returned is pretty cool here too tapper everyone's gaining uh you gain some life everyone draws a card and they're all parlaying and revealing cards you're adding more mana but you're also in green so maybe you don't need the card draw as much in that case <laughs> still i yeah it group huggy stuff makes a lot more sense actually to me because yeah. you're often enabling them giving them resources that could work 
uh, benevolent offering is that sort of weird, uh, uh, like you and the opponent both do something and then you and another opponent both do something. But in this case, you're giving someone three one one white spirit creature tokens with flying, mm. saying, please attack me. <laughs> the problem with this card is that there are more than one player in the game. Right, exactly. So they're... They're just incentivized to not give you a card, right? Unless the, I don't, I don't know why they would. Yeah. So I was like, Gear Priori helps everyone else out, but at the same time, like once you play too many of these cards, you're just actually hurting yourself more than anyone else. So it's hard, I think, really to actually find a place to locate where Mangara really shines. I think Mangara is going to be played, and I'm not saying it's at the same power level of this card, but it's kind of like Smothering Tithe in that if you're a white deck and you were in white and red, mono white, right or you don't have a lot of card draw in your deck for whatever reason, this will actually draw you a decent amount of cards just naturally off off, uh, other players playing multiple spells in a turn. It's just a very common thing for people to play two spells in a turn after like turn five. Yeah. Like at least one of your three opponents is going to do that. And there will be times when all three of them do and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And so I think this card will average you a little over one extra card per rotation of the table, which is like... You know, Phyrexian Arena, a little bit better than that, maybe, but mm-hmm. it is one more mana than Phyrexian Arena. It doesn't deal damage to you. Obviously, it get removed. Yeah, really it's easily. a creature, though, so it can get removed. Like, there's a lot of ups and downs, but as far as like card draw, I mean, White doesn't have a card that you would compare to Phyrexian Arena, really, right? So, oh. this is actually a good step. It's a great step. It's it's also like, it's not the dream card that everyone right. wants. It doesn't say tap, draw a card or anything. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I can see this having its place in a lot of mono-white decks. Boros decks. Boros decks, for sure. Marty decks, maybe. Yeah, but once you start getting into the other colors that can draw cards better, uh, a little less incentivized to put this in here, especially because it's really just that last line of text that matters. I think this is at the right power level, though. We said over and over, I don't think you fix white by making more Smothering Tithe power cards, more mm-hmm. Teferi's Protection level cards. You fix white by making more Cultivate level cards, for Phyrexian Arena players. level cards. Yeah, yeah, totally. The bread and butter that the other colors have. And I think this could be like that for white. So this is a, this is a good... Uh, I guess this discussion is a good transition into a point here we wanted to talk about because on Morrow's blog, which is called, sorry, Mark Rosewater's blog, which mm-hmm. is called Blogatog, there was an interesting um, little sequence of discussion about Mangara. And so somebody asked Mark, considering you've said in the past that giving white card draw is not the answer, since it is an intentional downside... What exactly about Mangara's abilities bypasses this thought? So somebody's basically asking Mark, hey, you've said in the past you don't want to give white card draw. Mangara seems to do that. What have what gives? Right. And Mark's answer was... Are you going to say it in Mark's voice? <laughs> I can't do it. I've come to realize that I need a reframe of how I thought of white. Card draw is too fundamental to the game to cut out of a color. <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore because someone probably just turned the podcast off. You, you got to do it louder, but it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe a little less high-pitched. And he sa- says, we're still going to keep it, keep it, meaning white, fifth in card draw, but we're working to figure out how to make card draw organically white in a way that doesn't undercut its uh, philosophy or flavor. Oh, okay. So I love this exchange because it's Mark saying, you know what? I, I, was, I was wrong, not like... Not wrong, wrong, but... Maybe a little, un- I, not, not synced with what I think needs to happen. My thoughts on it have evolved to the point where I do agree that white needs some card draw. And I like that because we've been saying white needs this. And the fact that, you know, the head game designer person at Wizards is saying, you know what? 
yeah, we're going to try and fix this a little bit. Yeah. I think uh, could go a long way. So I'm really glad to hear this from Mark. I'm hoping that we see more and more stuff from White. And it just goes along with what we say. Like, every time I see a, a Wizards person, the last thing I want to say to them is, hey, make some good White cards, will you? Yeah. So I think that's, we're chipping away. It's working. Yeah. And, you know, I also think that, as we've talked about before, Commander is clearly the most popular format in magic um it's the one that casual players and hardcore players all alike can join in on and this is something that they've come to realize as well that's why we have so much canada product now and it's a good sign right i think reframing retooling this is something that's a very common theme in society right now which is like maybe we need to look again at this thing the system that we built and find ways to make it better for everyone yep so there you go cool 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 all right the next commander on the list is the buy a box promo a lot of people really excited about this one you want to read it jimmy yeah it's rin and sari inseparable it's one and naya so red green and white for a legendary creature dog cat it's a four four and it says whenever you cast a dog spell create a one one green cat creature token and whenever you cast a cat spell create a one one white dog creature token and then for Naya, and you can tap Rin and Sari. Rin and Sari deals damage to any target equal to the number of dogs you control. And then you gain life equal to the number of cats you control. So this is dog, cat, tribal. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. It's, um, this is the first set where dogs are a thing. Dogs were not yes. a, a creature type until now. They've um, errated a bunch of like old hounds and jackals. Hounds? I don't think jackals are, but oh. hounds are now dogs. Yeah, so, so there's cool. more dogs out there than there, than you would think. But yeah, we finally have some 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 pups out there. This is pretty <laughs> exciting. There's also a ton of cats and dogs in the M21 set. We're not yeah. going to list them all here, but any of those cards can be put into consideration for a deck like this. Um, but it's basically, look, let's make all of our cats and dogs very big, and then let's deal damage equal to how many we have, and whenever you cast one, you get more of them. It's like you're making a little litter of sorts. Yeah, sure. Um, My dog, when we have a... Uh, this is a total aside. But we have, <laughs> we have, a, di- we have a, a couple that watches her when we're out of town. Right. And they have a cat. They have a couple dogs and a cat, but oh. she's like super good friends with their cat, and they'll like cuddle up on oh. the couch together. That's my dog's dream. Uh, your, Kiwi loves cats? Yeah, but Kiwi has pointy ears, and I've learned that that is a very aggressive-looking animal because uh, your ears are pointed up. I've actually heard that TSA is now trying to have more floppy-eared dogs because they're less intimidating. floppy as heck. So maybe yeah. that it affects her ability to interface with cats. Yeah, anyway, so I got all the, I get all these cute pictures of the of my dog and the cat, like, nice. just basically they're all rolled together. Maybe we should together. get you a, a, an altar of Rin and Sari that's your dog. Oh, yeah. Because it kind of looks like, you know, Rin yeah. a little bit. Um, okay, so now that all the hounds are eroded to dogs, let's take a look at some cards that would be good in this deck. Mongrel Pack is three and a green for a creature hound 4-1. When it dies during combat, which is kind of weird, create four 1-1 one, one green hound creature tokens. That's a lot. That's a lot. And you could just sack it during combat or yes, something. Yes, absolutely. And uh, remember, hounds are dogs. <laughs> this is a, a creature. Okay, like, hey, it's yeah. a hound. <laughs> Did you know that B-I-N-G-O, bingo? Yes, it's silver bordered, but it is a hound. It's that one one with trample that we that got played in the game nights with Olivia and yeah. Tappy, where like every time somebody casts a CMC, you basically play bingo on the card and then it gets huge yeah. eventually, but that actually never happens. That was more of a joke yeah. entry into our uh, <laughs> discussion here. I think what's more interesting is that uh, Changeling is really powerful. Powerful. Yeah. Changelings are every creature type, and Rin and Sari cares about dogs and cats. So you're going to get double the bonus, basically, because it counts as a dog and a cat when it's on the battlefield. Yeah, its activated ability is deal damage for dogs and heat and gain life for cats. Yeah. So if you have some changelings, they count for both sides of that. Yeah. Um, one of them recently was Birthing Bows. Mm-hmm. Booze. 
artifact that costs three mana. You can tap it for four to create a two-two colorless shapeshifter creature token with changeling. So again, this counts as a cat and a dog. That's pretty cool. Which is cool. Yeah. So every changeling kind of does this, which is neat. Uh, there's irregular cohort, which is two white white for a two-two. It's a changeling, but when it enters the battlefield, you make a two-two colorless shapeshifter creature token. That's a change. That is a, or has changeling. Yeah. So again, four mana create two dogs and two cats simultaneously. I mean, it's two creatures still, but they're both dogs and cats. That's great. I mean, that's the kind of value you're looking for here. The big daddy of changeling decks is shapeshifter. Uh, it's a one one that costs mirror entity. You mean? Mirror entity. Sorry. It's a it shape is shifter. a shapeshifter. It is a yeah. shapeshifter. <laughs> you can pay X until end of turn. Creatures you control have base power and toughness X, X, and gain all creature types. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. That's crazy. So even your dogs become cats and your cats become dogs, and now you tap in this area once. You're doing a lot of damage, potentially. Yeah. Um, also, instants can also be changeling, yep. which is kind of crazy. There's not very many of them, but there's something like Crib Swap, which is two and white. For a tribal instant, shapeshifter has changeling. This card is every creature type so it's an instant that's a dog and a cat <laughs> and it says exile target creature its controller creates a one one colorless shapeshifter creature token with changeling you can target yourself with this save mm -hmm. if a creature is getting out of the way already you kill it boom you have a cat and a dog yep um if you want to go cat tribal there's plenty of cards in magic's history that can benefit this there's way more cats than dogs yeah do you think that's fair I mean, no, but that's why they're <laughs> trying to remedy that by creating dogs finally. True, true. You would think <laughs> that the dogs in a universe like this would be the ones getting rid of the cats, but the cats have risen to true power here. I mean, I'm, the, I'm on the record as saying I'm more of a dog person. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Kemba region at the beginning of your upkeep, created a 2-2 white cat creature token for each equipment attack to Kemba. So if you want to go more Voltron-y with this, maybe you have Kemba in there, you're making cats all the time. It feels like this deck is going to be more about creating cats, and then you'll have a few ways to like, I create a bunch of creatures, they're cats and then i turn them all into also dogs or dogs for this turn and right. then Boom. get the value out of yeah renseri uh arabo is the cat commander in celestia there's regal caracal this might be the best cat of all time actually yeah it's it's a cat lord that makes cats so it's three white white for a three three but it says other cats you control get plus one plus one and have like lifelink and then when it enters the battlefield you create two white cat creature tokens with lifelink and it by itself is a three three cat so you get i don't know what is that <laughs> three four five six seven power worth of cat over three creatures all with lifelink that's fan pumps your other cats that's fan cat stick <laughs> uh leon and war leader very similar it's a four four that's two white white and when it attacks you create two one one white cat creature tokens with lifelink that are tapped and attacking there's a new companion kahira the orphan guard who wants oh, but unfortunately that. kahira doesn't benefit dogs maybe it was a low oversight knowing that m21 was coming up yeah that's actually that's a pretty big that's a pretty big miss but i guess if they put dog on there everyone would have known dogs are coming soon yeah and it would be like why is this they've done that dog? in the past though put like cards on or words onto cards that people, everyone's like, what does that mean? And then yeah. 10 years later, it means something. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think the way that you win though is with cards that, like, like we said earlier, that Tane changes all your cards into cats and dogs. So Shields of Velis Vel is a tribal instant for just a white creature target player controls gets plus so plus one and gain all creature types until end of turn. So you're really just playing that to change them all. I mean, even if you're going from like eight cats and dogs to 16, yeah, that's pretty, that's a, that's a 16 bone. Bam. True. If you have 16 creatures, out though i feel like you're already well no you game. have eight but then they all become double oh, okay with gotcha. Sari, and then gotcha. that's a, that's 16 that's that's like half someone's life so i mean eight is a lot too volatile clause seems more realistic because it actually pumps the creatures so it's two <laughs> in a red for an instant until end of turn creatures you control get plus two plus oh and gain all creature types 
So you can sort of finish somebody off with the Renesaria after you've already whacked them for a bunch. And, you know, I, right, you're attacking with all these cats and dogs. If they block a bunch, you use Renesaria, they deal more damage, they get through. You gain life. You gain life. Yeah. yeah. This is going to be a totally fair deck, but a, but a fun one. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of ways you can go with it. The more competitive build is definitely the changeling one, and the more meme fun one is just put in all your favorite kitties and doggos. Which will be mostly kitties, because there's just mostly not that kitties, many dogs. Yeah. But there'll we'll be talk, some. We'll talk about some of those cool dogs, cool cats and kittens <laughs> in the uh, regular set review. All right. The next is a mono blue commander. It's Baron Tolarian Archmage. It's one... It's prof. Yep. It's, one, it's, it's prof in like... Yeah, like five years. Yeah. It's one blue blue for a 2-2 legendary creature. <laughs> you think you grow up that fast? <laughs> <laughs> also, this guy is ancient. I'm Listen, sorry, Prof. No, Nobody tell Prof I said that, okay? <laughs> All right, sorry. One blue blue for a 2-2 legendary human wizard. Uh, when Baron enters the battlefield, return up to one target creature or planeswalker to its owner's hand. So this bounces another target creature or planeswalker that could be your opponents mm -hmm. at the beginning of your end step if a permanent was put into your hand from the battlefield this turn draw a card ah. so if you choose to bounce your own thing that'll be card draw um also you don't have to bounce the thing with baron so like bounce lands become pretty good oh, and that nice. kind of stuff right yeah, because yeah. you can yeah you can just be bouncing your own stuff for other reasons not with baron um so yeah the it's interesting. It's like a mana mana war mm -hmm. with some value attached to it. I'm sure Marshall is going to love this card. You can get planeswalkers with this too. Yeah, it's the fact cool. that it gets planeswalkers is pretty cool because your own planeswalker too. That's low on loyalty. Maybe oh, bounce yeah. it up to your hand. So this seems, you know, I think you pretty stick, good. You get flash on this guy. You find a way to flicker it so it's constantly coming up and down and bouncing stuff, including your own stuff. Um, yep. There are a lot of cards actually in blue that are very good at bouncing things to your own hand because it says target permanent. It's weird because the first part is bounce a target creature or planeswalker, but the second one is just carrying if it's any permanent. Mm -hmm. what, blue doesn't need the help with card draw, but there are a lot of tricky things you can do. Trade Roots is this enchantment for one in the blue. You can just pay one to return target land you control to its owner's hand. And there are a lot of crazy lands out there that do things that you might want to bounce it and replay it and use it again, right? Yep. If, you, if that's your land drop return. And they'll draw you an extra card as well. Uh, tragic lesson is two in blue for an instant. Draw two cards, then discard a card unless you return a land you control to its owner's hand. Just draw three cards. So normally you would, yeah, that'd be a downside, but with Baron, it's kind of an upside. Yeah, it's an instant though, so you would have to cast it during your main phase, which is... You don't really want to return lands to your hands that much because we yeah. know that one of the best ways to win games of Commander is to have the most lands in play, but you might do that once or twice in a game. Yeah, and there are certain decks like Uyo, Silent Prophet, who is a four blue, blue, four, four with flying, and you can pay two to return two lands you control to its owner's hand, and you can four something copy target instant or sorcery and you can choose new targets for the copy so every time you do that with baronet you're just getting a little extra value when you draw a card mm -hmm. it's kind of cool uh, i think cards that want to be in your hand are pretty good oh no this this one doesn't want to be in your hand it's a naban dean of iteration it's it's a one in a blue for a two one if a wizard entering the battlefield under your control caused a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger that ability triggers an additional time so this is actually like a panharmonicon but for wizards yeah which means baron will bounce two things that's cool and then you have shrieking drake which is this is a competitive card right a lot of people use this in, yeah yeah which is just a blue for a drake and when it enters the battlefield you return the creature you control to its owner's hand including itself if you want right that's what you can do basically that becomes one blue draw card right with baron yeah crystal shard is a card we often talk about where you can bounce cards and and that's great because you can bounce other stuff as well okay now we're into the section that's cards that want to be in your hand. So there's Venser, Shaper Savant, which is uh, 
Two blue blue for a 2-2 with flash. When it enters the battlefield, return target spell or permanent to its owner's hand. Return target spell means something that's on the stack. You yeah. can counter uncounterable things with this because it's not technically countering it. It's just sending it back to their hand. Right. Also, it does work as a capsize where you can, you know, bounce their lands and stuff. Mm-hmm. And with Baron, you bounce it back to your hand and that's where you want it. So oftentimes, Vendor, Vendor gets into the situation where you're like, stop you from casting that, bounce it back to my hand. Everybody knows you've got it and they're like, crap. Crap. Yeah. 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 Vendor is just a great card. Um, Mystic Snake is one of those cards too. It's one green, blue, blue for a 2-2 Flash Snake. Same, very similar to Frilled Mystic. Uh, when they enter the battlefield, you may counter target spell. So that's so a- if you're in Simic and Baron's in there, you might play these cards. I mean, yeah, yeah, crystal shards in that same deck, right? Because the there's a new one, this mono blue though, and we did talk about it in the set review. That's voracious gear shark here, which is three blue blue for a five four shark with flash. When it enters the battlefield, counter target artifact or creature spell. So again, you can put people in that situation. Counter the thing, play mm-hmm. Baron, bounce it back to my hand, sit there on my counter, and people are just like, "This sucks." This sucks. You kind of hold the whole table hostage a little bit. Um, Wizard Tribal is definitely something that we've seen a lot. It's a very popular for, uh, form of tribal decks. Uh, uh, in fact, yeah, Krim played it. Krim on played game it. Game yeah. Game um, Naru Meha is a master wizard. <laughs> when Naru enters the battlefield, you copy target instant or sorcery spell, and other wizards you control get plus one plus one. So that's definitely a card you want back in your hand as sort yep. of a fork. Oh, this is our spoiler or a preview card. Yeah, Gadwick the Wizened is another card that is blue, 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 and X for a three, three. When it enters the battlefield, you draw X cards. And then also says whenever you cast a blue spell, tap target non-land permanent in opponent controls. But Gadwick's the type of card that you don't want to flicker it because X is zero in that case. Right. But bouncing it back to your hand so you can cast it again for, you know, it's just like X is equal to three. Bounce it back to my hand. Play it later. X is equal to five. You know, it's the kind of card you want to bounce to your hand. And Baron's drawing you cards. Mm -hmm. Void Mage Husher. Mm -hmm. This card is, we're going to get into the mean territory here in a second. We're we're kind of talking about the casual fun stuff. Okay, well, let's talk about this. You know, there's something I wanted to bring up in this episode and we're going to organically get there. It doesn't have to do with M21. So we'll just have a little quick aside here. Okay. Void Mage Husher is three and a blue for a two-two with flash when it enters the battlefield you counter target activated ability mana abilities can't be targeted and then whenever you cast a spell you can return it uh, to its owner's hand so it'll bounce itself back to your hand draw cards with baron also baron can bounce it well, i guess baron would never bounce it to your hand because you'd be casting a spell in which case you just return it if you want to yeah and so you get the baron trigger and you can just hold up countering activated abilities the worst is when you counter their fetch land a ability fetch land yeah I that's mean, just the is, meanest it, it can be really mean and you have a training grounds and uh, not training grounds sorry it, this is really good in like an Animar deck too when you can reduce the mana cost of it and just do this over and over again. Um, in general, I think you just want stuff that bounces stuff to your hands. This is actually a card, uh, this next one, Kenderect Leviathan. Oh yeah. I, I want to see this being played more. It's six blue blue for a creature. When it enters the battlefield, return all other non-land permanent to their owner's hands. Sounds like a very expensive and awesome card that we all love in the format called Cyclonic Rift. Yep. But this also is Unearthed for six in the blue. You can return it to the graveyard, to the battlefield, and it has haste and it does the same thing. So, I mean, the problem is that it does your stuff, not just opponent's stuff. True. And then it doesn't have a two-mana mode. (laughs) And it's not an instant. And it's not an instant. Okay, so it's way worse. I played that in my old school Joyra deck. Ah, Because you, like, suspend, like, four things. And then as they're all coming off, you have that one come off first, bounce everybody's stuff, then your other stuff comes in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Kefnet the Mindful, a lot of people built decks around this when they came out. It has three and a blue draw card, then you may return a land you control to its owner's hand. And it cares about how big your hand size is, so Barum obviously is going to love that. Mm-hmm. There, Yeah, there's a... Well, there's a lot of stuff that does this, right? Returning stuff to your hand, we can name them off all day. Colony Gem is one that does it. Uh, Lanessa Zephyr Mage, which is like trying to counter stuff. Uh, it, there's 
it has grandeur, which like never applies in Magic. But I think the the thing that gets bad about Baron is that there are a lot of mean cards that you can start playing that makes it oppressive. I mean, it's bounce tribal and just capsize by itself is an oppressive card. And so you know that anything that's going to, the whole deck that's going to be built around like bouncing stuff, it's going to find ways to like bounce everything everybody's got, including lands. Like, yeah, this is just what this deck is going to do. So it's probably going to be fairly powerful. Mm -hmm. But yeah, your playgroup will probably not like playing against it. There's probably like middle of the road builds you could build with it where it'll be fine though. Because you're going to sometimes bounce your own stuff, sometimes bounce theirs. But you'll probably win by bouncing everything, everybody's everything. Right? Yeah. Most likely. And like if you're doing the whole lands thing, you can be mean about it. There are a few cards here that we're going to name that I never want to see you play against me. Mana Breach, two and a blue and enchantment. Whenever a player casts a spell, that player returns a land they control to its owner's hand. Yep. That's not nice. Overburden, one in the blue. Whenever a player puts a non-token creature on the battlefield, that player returns a land they control to its owner's hand. Uh, planar Overlay, each player chooses a land they control of each basic land type, return those lands to their owner's hand. So you're just mono blue, you just bounce one, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so like, don't do that. Yeah. But you could. If you're in that play group where anything goes, I think you can do this stuff. But yeah, in general, people will hate this. Yeah. Because <laughs> they'll just never have lands on the battlefield. Yeah. These but- are classic stacks pieces because they just stop the game because nobody can really do right. much because every time they do something, it sets them so far back that it's like, okay, two more turns to get back to where I was, do something, that sets me back two more turns. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to do a paradoxal outcome Ooh. deck, you could draw a ton of cards this way and then sort of do like a, I don't know, a stormy type thing. Yeah. Eggs. Yeah. Uh. Eggs, yay. Eggs, Everybody yay. loves eggs. Oh, this one is fun. Thawing Glaciers. It's a land that, this is going to be really slow in mono blue, but you know, you can pay one and tap it. There's the battlefield tap, by the way. And you can search your library for a basic card, put it onto the battlefield tap, then shuffle your library, and then you return Thawing Glaciers to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next cleanup step. Yep. So, so it bounces itself back to hand and puts another land into play. Yeah. And then we mentioned capsize. Don't do that either. Um, you can it's fine like and then hey you know what we love force of well we love pact of negation we love whatever that fierce guardianship whatever that new one is Yeah, we love all that it's just love them why not thwart them with two blue blue for an instant you can return three islands you control to their owner's hand rather than pay the spells mana cost counter target spell it's a free counter spell all right this deck sounds horrible and awful <laughs> and i hope nobody builds it that plays against me put it in something else i think baron would fit nicely into some 99 shells all right let's talk about the next one <laughs> Oh, I think it's your turn. Oh, good. It's a mono-red dragon, so you know I'm all about it. The stats on this creature are pretty impressive, by the way. Mm -hmm. Two and a red for a 5-4 legendary creature dragon with flying. Something's got to give there. Two, a three-mana 5-4 flyer. Gadric, the crown scourge. Cannot attack unless you control four more artifacts. Hmm. It's not the worst. It's not the worst, right? Because at the beginning of your end step, create a treasure token for each non-token creature that died this turn. So... Oh, that's interesting. You can create the treasures that way, but it doesn't have to be treasures. You could just play other artifacts. Yeah, totally. I um, mean, often red decks are just going to have a bunch of artifacts anyway. Yeah, and I, I would say, like, in general, too, like, if you're running just a red deck that is doing that, you're playing an artifact-based deck, having a random three-mana 5-4 that can come out and do a lot of damage and occasionally get you more treasures seems pretty good. I mean, if you play it on th- turn three, it couldn't. It doesn't have haste. It wouldn't have attacked that turn anyway. So if on turn four you somehow get your fourth artifact... You're going to bash for at least 15 with that before anybody can really do anything about it, right? Or decides to even do anything about yeah. it. Right? The first five is okay. The second five is like, ugh. And the third five is like, someone please kill yeah. this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's murdering me. 
Um, people that play Hellkite Tyrant, it's this ridiculous four red red dragon that's a six five. When it enters, when it deals combat damage to a player, you gain control of all artifacts that player controls. And then the fun text at the beginning of your upkeep: if you control twenty or more artifacts, you win the game. Have you ever lost to that second part? Never, ever have I ever. But how many times have you seen Hellkite Tyrant even steal artifacts? I've seen it take like two. Like I saw someone with a bunch of treasures once and it was like, oh, well, you have to use oh, all your treasures. Them, yeah. yeah, but I mean, it, in a way, it kind of forced them to play their hand out a little bit like that. I think in my entire commander career, I've seen Hellkite Tyrant actually connect and steal artifacts maybe three times. Wow. It reads awesome, but it just never happens because people are like not going to let that happen. Yeah. They'll jump through every hoop imaginable to stop it. I think the artifact route is kind of where you want to go with this yeah. and especially the ones that you can just keep getting back to your hands and replaying and getting sort of the benefit of Gadrick and the treasure tokens. Yeah, you want to get in the loops with the scrap trawlers and the mirror retrievers and mm-hmm. the uh, salvager of ruin. These are all little artifact creatures that when they die, they can get other artifacts back out of your graveyard and you can get into those uh KCI, Clark, Clark Clan Ironworks. Yeah, that's the hardest name Those ever, old combo, you know, that kind of combo. So you could really get, because it says at the beginning of your end step, create a treasure token for each non-token creature that died this turn. So mm-hmm. you can probably like, you don't have to go infinite, you can just go a lot and be like, Scrap Trawler, Mirror Retriever, Salvager of Ruin, do that sack, whole sack, sack. rigmarole 15 times. Yeah, I ran out of mana or whatever eventually, but I get 15 treasure tokens. And now when it comes back to round to my turn, now I can do that 100 times because with that extra mana, right. I can just, you know, keep spinning that wheel. So those are, cla- you know, sort of classic. They can be infinite too if you have the Quark on Ironworks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't even have to. They, you can just cycle those cards in and out of the battlefield, you know, a bunch. Yeah. Seems fun to play in black, red, or even more color decks because you can start playing creatures that just naturally return themselves to the battlefield and then you can repeatedly sack them for that benefit of the extra treasures. Like Grave Crawler is a great example. Gutter Bones, Reassembling Skeleton. I could see loops where you are able to use Reassembling Skeleton enough times in a single turn to make back all the mana that you've got and just sort of like through sack and, outlets. And yeah, exactly. And every time you've got Perforos or something, or uh, Sir right. Conrad or something that's saying, yeah. every time you do that, you deal damage to everybody and mm-hmm. then you know you get it going and then at the end you, you run out of mana end of your turn make a bunch of treasure which gives you the mana to do that at the end of your turn or you know on and on and, and on so and like on. Uh, through one rotation on everybody's turn I can yeah is it just it's the beginning of your, your end, end step, step so yeah. yeah I guess you do it once and then the second time and then you gotta wait till your end step again but still there's gonna be powerful but it doesn't seem broken doesn't seem broken. I actually think this is about right Yeah, for power level. It does a lot for red as well. In a way, this is red ramp, but it's conditional in the same way that our uh, Mongara kind of had that too. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 99, a Marchesa deck might like this a lot because you're already sending creatures to the graveyard all the time and they're coming back so that you can redo this again and you're going to get treasures as a result of it. Yeah, if everything, anytime something dies you're getting ramp out of that. Mm-hmm. There are some decks that'll just want that aspect of it. Even if it's not like I'm getting 20 treasure tokens, just like two or three extra per turn, really, you know, that's that's the equivalent of playing like a pretty good mana rock, right? Yeah. Lazolda the Blood Witch is a deck that I've always looked at but didn't know if I could build it. It's a 3-1 for one black and a red, and you can pay two to sacrifice a creature, and Lazolda does two damage to any target if the sacrifice creature was red, and you draw a card if the sacrifice creature was black. So you could do damage, draw a card with your black-red cards, and then you're also creating mana. Yeah, so just like I can see the synergies there. Nothing about this makes me go, oh, no, the format's in trouble. Right. What I, what I never want to say during these set reviews. No, it's great. I think this is this will be a, at the fun power level. Like It'll be difficult to build this card, I think, yeah. at a 10, but you can build it at a 7. 
Uh, I would put this in my Brea deck. Probably. Oh, yeah. Um, I think this actually, this might be the best shell for Gadrick. Garna the Blood Flame. Three yeah. black red for a 3-3 three, three legendary human warrior. But when Garna enters the battlefield, oh, she has flash, by the way, you return to your hand all creature cards in your graveyard that were put there from anywhere this turn and then other creatures you control of haste it's kind of along the lines of scrap trawler and the rest too yeah yeah kind of just throw it all in there get it all back um and then brew the clad brew the clad -clad. likes treasure tokens yeah and this is definitely the deck where you're gonna get at least four artifacts on your side of the battlefield and And you just you know you just want to accrue tokens to the point where you turn all the tokens into something really scary yeah and this gives you you know gadrick gives you the start if it's like hey let's just make one treasure token and cool we're off to the races we have an artifact on the battlefield that we can create token copies of all right so i like gadrick yeah it's cool i don't think it's like insane in any way but there's some cool ways to go with it yeah and anytime someone prints a cool dragon three mana five four he's in i'm i'm ready all right. Oh, I can't read this next one because this is... Uh... Oh, should we tell them? Yeah. All right. So on the next Game Nights, I will be playing this card as my commander. It's a mono green commander, and it's Jorael Monvoli Recluse. One in the green for a 1-2 legendary creature human druid. Whenever you draw your second card each turn, create a 2-2 green cat creature token. And he also has the activated ability of four green green until end of turn. Creatures you control have base power and toughness XX, where X is the number of cards in your hand. Green card draw matters. matters. This is not something that we've seen before. Yeah, definitely not. And you're making two twos. So tokens, obviously, we have seen in green before, but yes. just the way to get them is new. Yeah, so this is second card each turn. So if this is your turn, you draw a card for turn, and let's say you have anything on your board that lets you draw another card, that will trigger in Jor-El, you make a cat token. It's a bit harder to do this on other players' turns, but it is something that you can do. So I read something on Reddit. Yeah. They're like, not cantrips, cat trips. Oh, because they create cats when you can trip. That's right. That's actually really good. <laughs> nice. Dad jokes ahoy on this episode of the Command Zone. So... I like this card because it rewards you for doing the stuff that you want to do, which is draw cards, right? Yep. We always talk about every deck needs card draw and ramp. So any card that says, hey, I'm going to reward you for doing something you were just every deck's going to do, seems like it's going to be good. And then it also has the pump on the card. Yeah. So it seems pretty good. Yeah, and it does, does every creature. Now, it doesn't give them trample, and it costs six mana. But hopefully you've drawn a lot of cards that you can sort of do this with. Um, Greater Good is the first card that came to mind. Yeah. It's two green green for an enchantment. You sack a creature, and you draw cards equal to the sacrifice creature's power, then discard three cards. So if you're sort of playing like a big creature's deck, you sack a creature with four power, draw four cards, then discard three and if it has even more draw eight cards whatever green can get there Not and every mention, time you're making a cat yeah. yeah and you can also pump them with your ale and then sacrifice them to greater good and boom you're just off to the races uh sylvan library probably the best card in the deck yeah it's one in a green for an enchantment at the beginning of your draw step you may draw two additional cards if you do choose to two cards in your hand drawn this turn and then for each of those cards pay for life or put the card on top of your library so this they would template it differently now. It would totally. say, look at the cards. Yeah. But you actually, it says draw the cards and then you just put them back. So you can pour, pay the four life if you want to, but you don't even have to. This just allows you to make a cat every single turn. And also, Sylvan Library is just one of the more powerful cards ever printed because extra card draw, card selection. Ah, it's just great. Yeah. Anything that makes Sylvan Library better. I, mean, I love <laughs> looking at old cards and being like, why did they, let's read the original text. It says zero mana. 
Draw two cards, then choose any two cards in your hand drawn this turn. For each of those cards, pay four life and put that card back in the top of your library. Use this ability only during your draw phase and only once each turn. So It used to be an activated ability? Yeah, but you can only use it during your draw phase and once each turn, <laughs> which is just so weird. And so they made it just sort of into an actual enchantment. They didn't have an activated ability, but it kept They didn't the have path. the idea of triggers back then, so I yeah. think they didn't know how to template that. Yeah, at the beginning of your draw phase. But this is great. You draw the two additional cards. Mm-hmm. Um, one card I found when I was brewing for this deck that I think is really funny is Heartwood Storyteller. It's one green green for a tree folk. That's a 2-3. Whenever a player casts a non-creature spell, each of that player's opponents may draw a card. So this is like group huggy in a bit, but if you're playing against a storm deck or whatever, and you're like, it's going to uh, stop people from drawing cards. But if they do play a, you know, a, a mana rock and then they ramp, you're drawing two cards off of Jor-El there. And then uh, boom, you make some cats. Yeah, because you can also draw two cards on other on your opponent's turns. Mm-hmm to draw to make the cats so on your turn you got to draw one more because your draw step but on the other player's turn draw two somehow which this could help you do yeah and you make the cats on other turns and that's probably what you want to get into somehow some kind of loop where i'm able to make a cat on everybody's turn and this is also like green stacks in a weird way because yeah you're going to stop some people from casting non-creature spells just because they don't want this should have been a white card by the way what the heck is why is that in green should we uh (laughs) hey mark hey Hey, jimmy what's up (laughs) um i think this deck (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're losing it guys yeah um <laughs> this deck also makes elvish visionary just a great card you know normally you play this in elf decks you play one in the green to get a one one when that enters the battlefield draw a card but now this also has makes a cat makes a cat and the fact that joriel is a two mana commander is really cool because you can get this out early no one really sees this as a major threat it's a one two that requires a six mana activated thing you have to jump through some hoops but that means you can play really cheap cards quickly including the new Lanawar Visionary that does the same say thing. That. Yeah. yeah. It's a Lanawar Elves and an Elvish Visionary stapled together. It's two and a green for a 2-2 two, two Elf Druid. Taps to add green mana and says when it enters the battlefield, draw a card. This is like a new commander staple, I think. It's really good. It's it's great. Um, and then this is my vote for the best card in the deck. It's Alhamrit's Archive. Basically doing a similar thing to Sylvan Library uh, in terms of always triggering uh, Joriel. It's a five mana legendary artifact. If you would gain life, you gain twice that much life instead. Not that relevant. However, if you draw a card except the first one you draw in each of your draw steps, draw two cards instead. So that means on another player's turn, if I draw one card, I'm drawing two cards. Now. Right. If you cat trip, then it's now <laughs> draw two and make a cat. Yep. Yeah. I, I still think Sylvan just because it needs no help, but this card is ridiculous because you have so much card draw in the deck. So Well, this with Sylvan, you're drawing four oh, cards. Oh, yeah, this with Sylvan. Holy oh, moly. Uh, this actually ability has been replicated now in uh, the set, and we'll talk about this in the set review, but Teferi's Ageless Insight yep. basically does the same thing, but in mono blue. Uh, here's a good one that's really good in token decks if you don't know about it, and particularly good in this deck because of the card draw. It's called Slate of Ancestry. It's four mana for an artifact. You pay four tap the slate you discard your hand and then you draw a card for each creature you control so this is usually when you use it you're like four tap discard three cards draw eight yeah or even if it's like discard two draw four right even discard two draw two would be fine just because you can make a cat at least yeah and typically i mean the cost is a lot on this one but if you're a token deck and you're going wide this could be something that draws you a lot of cards uh, this is a green card that we will probably mention at least once every set review from now until the end of time. <laughs> every set re- I mean, we are going to mention a lot. The, yeah, I find myself playing this in most decks that have green. Because it's an instant. Yep. It's crazy. Green really doesn't have access to instant speed card draw unless it's Return of the Wild Speaker. Four in a green for an instant. You choose one. Draw cards equal to the greatest power among non-human creatures you control or non-human creatures you control get plus three, plus three until end of turn. Both of those sides 
synergize so well with this commander it's crazy it's so good yeah you want to pump your creatures if you have a lot of tokens if you don't then you want to draw cards to make more tokens so that you can later pump them also with Jorel, the activated ability of four green green mm-hmm. make all your creatures plus x plus x where x is the amount of cards in your hand means that you also just want to have these moments where on your end step you draw like seven or eight cards to get you you know up into like right. 10 12 15 card range and then I untap and go, okay, pump all my stuff. They're all 15-15. Kill you all. Yeah. yeah here's, a, uh, here's one of my underrated cards that we won't talk about on the underrated episode, but we'll talk about right now. We can still talk about it. Not everybody will have listened to this <laughs> one snippet from this, you know, this thir- next 30 seconds from this episode. If you do, though, you're special. <laughs> it's Compost. One in the green for an enchantment. Whenever a black card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, you may draw a card. So Aristocrats decks all of a sudden are potentially your best friend. Yeah. This card is really good. You're uh, likely to have one black opponent, so. Yeah. Um, this is a card that I'm pretty high on. Josh, I know you're a little less on it, but it does have a cantrip on it, which makes it much better in this deck. It's a removal spell in Mono Green's Kenrith's Transformation. One in the green for an enchantment aura. When it enters the battlefield, you draw a card. So on your turn as an enchantment, you can make a cat as well. And then enchant creature loses all abilities and is a green elk creature with base power and toughness, 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, it's removal with a cantrip on it in green. I like it. I like it quite a bit. I just don't, yeah, I don't love it, but I it's like It's definitely it. better in this deck than, you know, otherwise you're just playing, why not play inst- Beast want, Within, you know? Yeah, I want instant speed removal most of the time. The fact that it cantrips, though, does make it, like, super efficient. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. I like this one. <laughs> it's Rowan. I've never seen this card before until I started brewing this deck, and I'm like, hey, maybe I'll play this more often. Two green green for an enchantment. Reveal the first card you draw each turn. Whenever you reveal a basic land card this way, draw a card. So, like, some percentage of the time it's going to draw you that extra card. Yeah, it just gets it to you. Um, Especially you're in mono green, so if you you could build this deck, honestly, with, like, 30 basic lands. Yeah, you'll probably hit it pretty often. That means a third Uh, of the time it's going to draw your card, yeah. Uh, explore, and these are just all, again, cat trips here. Uh, one in the green for a sorcery. You may play an additional land this turn, draw a card. You need to ramp out. You're going to be doing it already, and hopefully you're drawing so many cards that you have extra car- lands in your hand. So Yep. Um, and then, of course, all of your regular token doublers work in this deck. Parallel lives, doubling season, also... Blah, blah, blah. Trying for the hordes, crater hoof, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Run them all. Yeah, run all the normal token stuff. All right. Cool. Card yeah. draw matters. Yeah, it is cool, because... Anything that's just like, hey, put all the card draw stuff in. Oh, thank you. I will do that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, easy. I yeah. was going to Because anyway. normally you have to stop drawing cards eventually and like make creatures and stuff. But Jorel is like, no, no, no. Just keep drawing cards. I'll make the creatures. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And this also might be a fit in the Rin and Seri deck because it is oh, making some cats. kitty cats. There you that's go. That's a good point. All right. We have uh, five more legendary creatures, the second half of stuff, including the legendary creature I'm going to play on the next game nights. But before we get into all of that, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard 
just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right, we are back. We are talking about the M21 new legendary creatures that you might have in the 99 or as your commander. We got five left here. And as you've been able to tell, a lot of these are mono-colored. Yep. So this next one, not so hot to sort of bury the lead on it, but it is an interesting effect, and we've seen it quite a lot in Magic's history. It's a legendary creature that you look at it, and you're like, hmm, it's hard to know what to do with it as far as building a deck around it. It's, yeah. It's Karavek the Spiteful, two black-black, four mana for a 3-2 human warlock legendary, of course. Very simple. It says, other creatures get negative one, negative one. So Kervik does not get negative one, negative one, but all the other creatures, including your own, do. This is something that Black has done a bit in yeah. the past. There are, you know, we'll list off a lot of cards here. We won't read all of them. Uh, maybe the best one I found was Ascendant Even Car. It's a legendary four black, black vampire noble. That's a three, three with flying. And it says other black creatures get plus one, plus one, and non-black creatures get minus one, minus one. So this with Kervik is... Minus two, minus two across the board. If they don't have black creatures, yeah. Yeah. Because it's not just your black creatures. I mean, uh, minus two, minus two, as we know, to all creatures is a very powerful effect. It, that's Negative one is, like, annoying and, and it will turn off some stuff. Negative two is, like, debilitating to everyone else's board. Yeah. yeah. We've seen this. You With guys Elf all Norn, know. Yeah. Norn, yeah. So, um, Curse, Curse of Death's Hold, similar thing, but it's to one player, giving them minus one, minus one. And then we'll just we'll just go down the list here because this I don't think this is Death's Head Buzzard. Um, there's what's there's an enchantment that does this right Doomwake Giant right Oh Doomwake Giant that gives it until end of turn right yeah. um, Dread of Night is there you what go I'm thinking of but this is just white creatures get minus one minus one but if you put all of these cards in your deck you could just kind of be like never let anyone cast creatures ever type deck which mm -hmm. is maybe interesting Fester Creepola is an activated ability to give all other creatures minus one minus one Golgari Charm does it Ethereal Absolution does it Heartless Summoning does it. I actually like this one a lot yeah this one is. Uh, a different type of card. So 
Heartless Summoning is one in black for an enchantment. Creature spells you cost cost two less to cast. And then creatures you control get negative one, negative one. So it's kind of like, hey, I'll give you a mana reduction on your creatures, but they're all going to be a little bit weaker. Yeah. I don't know if this is good in Karavik because you're already making your creatures negative one, negative one also. So I think this would want to go in a deck where there's no other things like messing with the power and toughness of your own creatures. But sure. it is a similar effect. Unless you have a way to buff them up as well. Um, Marsh Casualties, it's a sorcery that does it. Make Obsolete does it at instant speed. Mephitic Vapors does it at yeah. sorcery oh, speed. Oh, Night of Souls Betrayal. There That's it is. the one yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah. of, which is just two black, black, Legendary enchantment, all creatures get negative one, negative one. Yeah. That's what Karavik is. It's it's Knight of Souls Betrayal on a stick. Yeah. But all we're doing here is mentioning a bunch of cards that do what Karavik does. I don't know if that's a deck. I don't think so either. So the question is like, what is what does Karavik either go into or what decks do you build around? Yeah, it definitely goes in the uh deck that has or that deck built around Vadi Ildal, which is two black green for a three three legendary creature human warrior, but you can tap Vadi and until end of turn, target creature has base power of one or sorry, base power one or base toughness one. Oh. You would choose toughness, so that makes Vadi just kill things. Okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Silumgar the Drifting Death, whenever a dragon you control attacks, a creature's defending player controls gets minus one, minus one till end of turn. Um, Arvod the Cursed, if you're building a Legendary Creatures Matters deck, then this is great because other Legendary Creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and that means everyone else is getting that minus reduction, yeah. so your creature's a little bigger. Um, uh, Hapatra would be really good because whenever Hapatra deals combat damage to a player, you may put a negative one counter on target creature, so if they're already weakened, now you're killing two twos with yeah, Hapatra. Yeah, you're killing a lot of things that way. Although well. your snakes will just die. So. Right, right. <laughs> uh, Grismold, I think, is actually pretty good. Maybe maybe this is the natural home for Caravex. So Grismold is yeah. yeah one black green for a 3-3 three, three with Trample. At the beginning of your end step, each player creates a 1-1 one, one green plant creature token. And then it says, whenever a creature token dies, put a 1-1 counter on Grismold. So at the end of your turn, you'd give everybody a plant, but they'd all die. So then Grismold would just get four plus one plus one counters. And that would just happen every turn. Yeah. Yeah. It just curves nicely from turn three into turn four for Karavek. Um, If you manage to play a white black deck and you drop Humility out, nothing lives. Wait, wait, it doesn't happen. Oh, though. you're right. Because Caravac turns no. into a 1-1 one, one, so, with no abilities. Yeah. All right, I just named a non-bow, so don't do that. <laughs> you might want to, but don't do that. That's a classic humility where you're like, this? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Every time uh, humility is out, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Nope, that no, doesn't work. No. I'm going to cast this again. No, nope. no, nothing will no, save you. Nothing saves you. All right, Caravac's a real head scratcher. I would like to know from the audience out there how you would build a deck around Karavek. I think it just generally you build a deck that doesn't have a lot of creatures because it's just saying like, hey, I'm going to make all creatures weaker. Yeah. Then I'm going to play a bunch of cards that aren't creatures, so they're not affected by that. I think that's probably what you do. It's kind of cool. It kind of locks some players out, especially token decks. Oh, boy. Um, I mean, this could be like the ace in the hole against certain decks. So I, I like it in that regard, but I wouldn't want to build around it, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, next up, we have one of the few multicolored cards in the Legendary Creatures, and it's Nyambi, Esteemed Speaker. That's kind of like us. We're just talking all the time. <laughs> I don't know if we're esteemed, but we're speakers. <laughs> White and a blue for a legendary creature, human cleric, 2-1 with flash. When Nyambi enters the battlefield, you may return another target creature you control to its owner's hand. If you do, gain life equal to that creature's converted mana cost. And then you can pay one, a white, and a blue, and tap Nyambi to discard a legendary card and draw two cards. So another Legendary Matters deck here. This Legendary Matters thing has kind of been like a recurring theme now, I think, in a lot of Yeah, they did sets. Historic Mattered, and then they're like, ah, we don't want to talk about Historic all the time, so let's just sw- shift it over to Legendary. Legendary, right. They have Kethys that I played on game nights, so. Yeah. This is like another bouncy blink commander, right? 
Yeah, but then white and blue and right. kind of has like a legendary matters theme to it. This bounces only things you control, so it's not, not like Baron in that regard, but it's going to want similar cards, I think. Yeah, uh, so bounce the things that matter. Did I Navigator, just do it forever. Yeah. So you're going to want things to bounce, though. Yeah, uh, I like this one quite a bit. Core Cartographer, mm-hmm. um, similar to, like, to Weathered Wayfarer-type cards. Night of the White Orchid. Yeah, when that, when it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a planes card, put it onto your battlefield, tap, then shuffle your library. Obviously, this is the kind of thing that you want to be flickering if you can do a lot of, especially in white and blue. That doesn't really have that many great ramp options, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, Charming Prince, when it enters the battlefield, you can choose one of these options, scry two, or gain three life, or exile another target creature you own, return to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step. So it either is the flicker target or it flickers things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Void Mage Husher is making another appearance here as a card you want to flicker. Um, Yorion, Sky Nomad is another card that works this way. I mean, we can sort of go down this ro- route. It's Qu- all the normal flicker cards. I mean, Brago, blah, 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 Soul, Soul Herder. Yeah. Uh, yes, flicker your stuff is going to be good. You, I mean, you're obviously going to put in the cards that want to be flickered. It's interesting because Nyambi bounces. Right. But usually cards that want to be bounced, they're even better when they're flickered because you don't have to recast them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's like, it's this weird in-between here, and it feels, mm. we'll talk about this in a second, but it feels very similar to another card we talked about already. Well, yeah, I mean, I, you want to, yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, okay, so if you want to go another direction with this deck, legendary cards matter. Urza's Ruinous Blast, exiling all non-legendary, uh, non-land permanents. Wrath um, Capuchin, Ship's Mage, cares about historic spells. Um, and then, um, let me know if you've heard these names before. Venserous Shaper Savant, Voracious Great Shark, Nahumeha, Gabwick the Wizened. These are all cards, legendary, a lot of them too, that want to be in your hand, so they want to be bounced. It's a lot of the same stuff for Baron, right? Because yeah you're going to be bouncing stuff to your own hand. And in this case, you can only bounce your own stuff. So it's just going to be a lot of the same cards, which is interesting. I'm. Why are they so similar? I'm very curious why the same set has two commanders that are pretty similar and also share a color, right? So right. Baron is mono blue and Niambi's blue-white. But a lot of the cards in those decks feel like they're going to overlap. And they also do similar things, right? They have a uh, ability that bounces things. And then they have ability that draws cards, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's, it's just, yeah, that's kind of, it's just weird to me. They put these two cards in the same set. Maybe it's for standard or something else. It just feels like usually legendary creatures don't step on each other's toes so hard. But man, Baron and Nyambi, they, they, like yeah. their toes are hurting. Chill out, prof. <laughs> Chill yeah. out. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I'm interested in Nyambi. A very small amount. It's, it's the, just not doing a lot that we haven't seen done before and better, right? Because Blink is just better with Brago. Yeah. So you'd have to like lean into the bounce, but I don't know. You can only, uh, like, um, I think I'd rather play Baron because at least you can bounce your opponent's things. Maybe this is what, you know, I think white and blue is kind of in an identity crisis. Because mm. I played... Because uh, white sucks? <laughs> Josh, don't say it so loudly. That's a, that's a crisis. Like, I don't know uh, my identity. Was it this? No, that sucks. Was it that? No, that sucks. I remember building Lavinia for Azorius Renegade for game nights and looking through all the different options and being like, well, I can't go the bounce route because Lavinia, Lavinia doesn't care about that. And if I go the regular white-blue route, it's just stacks. Yeah. So there aren't that many options here. I'm glad that Nyambi exists because it's kind of like Legendary Matters, at least to a certain degree. So that's a different direction that white can go in. The problem with Legendary Matters is, is it doesn't feel like blue and white have enough legendary stuff that's really awesome that yeah. you want to do that. You know, there's a few, but I don't know. There's Temet as well. 
that's like another white blue option but it just doesn't feel like white blue has a lot of flexibility here doesn't and, have an identity like and said. especially as it's like stepping on each other's toes here it doesn't feel like it's really setting itself apart i mean these are all you know minor complaints i think yambi could be a, a fine deck but i i have trouble imagining that it's gonna do it's just gonna do like a bad impression of what brago does well or i just something hate like that, that you have to tap it to you yeah are you discarding a card to draw two cards right you you, you could just play divination it's three mana <laughs> draw one card basically because yeah. you're discarding a legendary and drawing two cards. Yeah. So it's not even as good as divination. Unless there's a Well, I guess it is as good as div- divination because you waste a card on divination, but yeah. you're only up one card in This that is instant case. speed. I mean, there's a lot of arguments to be made here, but I think like it, it seems like they balanced it a little too aggressively to make it really cool. But at the same time, it is exploring a new option. So, you know, not, I can't hate on it forever. I can't hate on it for, I can. Okay. All right. Let's <laughs> hate on it forever. All right, uh, the next one is another multicolored legendary. It's the last multicolored legendary that uh, the set has. It's Rada, Heart of Keld. Woo! One red green for a legendary elf warrior. It's a 3-3. It says, as long as it's your turn, Rada has first strike. You may look at the top card of your library anytime, and you may play lands from the top of your library. Hey, so, okay. Kind of Corsair of Crew Fixie. Mm-hmm. Doesn't actually allow you to play extra lands, but... If that's a land on top of your deck and you play it instead of a land out of your hand, that's the same as drawing that card and then playing it. So that's some amount of card draw. And then it has an activated ability. You can pay four red, green, and Rada gets plus X, plus X until end of turn where X is the number of lands you control. It's Rada that gets that buff. It's not all of your creatures. Um, this is conf- a little bit confusing only because Jorel has a six mana ability that pumps all your creatures. Mm-hmm. This one... Just pumps Rada. Doesn't give Trample or anything. She will have first strike if it's your turn. Um, I think you're playing this card much more for that second line of text than either the first or the bottom one. First strike on the 3-3, three, three, sure. Make it huge, attack, hard to block. Chump it. However, playing lands off the top of your library, red and green, loves playing lands. Yes. Got Mina and Den that lets you play more. I was going to say, can you just take, uh, go to edhrex.com, type in Mina and Den, take that deck list and just play it with Rada at- like, it's going to be basically the same, right? It's a lands yeah. matter red-green deck. Yeah. Maybe there'll be a few differences, but it feels like it'll be mostly the same. I mean, here are the common hitters. Avenger of Zendikar, your Ramming Up Excavator, yep. your Crucible of World type effects. All in Mina and Den. Wayward Swordtooth. Play extra lands, Mina and Den. Uzuza just got reprinted. Hell yep. yeah. Also in the Mina and Den deck. Dry of the Elysian Grove. Yep. Mina, Mina and, and Den. Den. <laughs> <laughs> Nesting Dragon. That's also in the Mina, Mina and Den, Den deck. deck. Yep. Living Twister, also <laughs> in the Mina and Den deck. Bear Umbra, also in the Mina and Den deck. Exploration. Honorable Breach. There are so many cards now in in green specifically that allow you to play extra lands. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, this is a whole archetype now. Just kind of like how wheels is mm-hmm. now like just like, oh, yep, that's a wheel deck. And the right. most, like as soon as you say that, like 65% of the deck is just known, right? And that's kind of what Rada feels like. It's like, yep, it's a lands deck. 65% of that deck is just known. I think it's easy to build this deck, though, and, and make it's it quickly, good. right? Yeah. Like, and, and it's cool to bust it out. Maybe you want to make a Voltron deck, and this is a great candidate for that, which it is kind of cool. It kind of feels like everybody's got a lands deck in their arsenal now, mm-hmm. like because that's just one of the archetypes. And everyone's got that one wheel deck and everybody's got their one, or maybe more than one, but one lands deck. Because right. putting lands into play is just inherently powerful because you get yeah. to turn 12 and you can do 20 mana worth of stuff and that's just always going to be good. So Rada also fits great into these commanders and as a result, same with me and Den, by the way, Lord Windgrace, Corvold, Fae Cursed King, the Paco and Haldin deck, Omnath, Locus of Rage, or Omnath, Locus of the Royal, any kind of like landfall type decks, Sakama, Primal Calamity. Yep. 
nothing too exciting here. Again, this is a core set, right? We're not looking for things to be broken. We're not looking for something to change the entire landscape of what's happening. And by the way, we just had C20 and Aquaria come out at the exact same time. We've got a lot of new toys to play <laughs> yeah. with. I'm not complaining that like these are not like... Uh, build arounds they're not insanely new stuff that we never would have thought of yeah yeah it's fine it's just i think rod is just kind of a worse version of a lot of these landfall decks it's definitely you know not as good as some of the other definitely not get rock good right yeah so, well which we, is good. Of, we run into this problem a lot though when <clears throat> we talk about just the legendary creatures because we want to look at it from the scope of are they good commanders yeah that's what's interesting to us but a lot of times like they're better off as utility players and just happen to be legendary as well so. yeah this just goes in those decks rather than probably isn't the best uh as the lead singer the lead singer yeah this next one's interesting and i think opened a few new doors it's oh and this is the commander i'm gonna play in the next game nights and quick everyone gets the color yeah it's mono red yeah i don't think i've ever played a mono red deck on game nights i've done no. some rakdos i've dabbled a little with red but this is the first time i'm going like nope i'm red only and i play the mono green deck which i've never done but you yeah. have yeah. i play mono red decks but you haven't so we switch places we switch places i'm jimmy lee Kwai, and you're josh wong <laughs> all right <laughs> it's subira tolziti caravaner so two and a red for a two three legendary creature human shaman has haste Two activated abilities. The first one is pay one. Another target creature with power two or less can't be blocked this turn. So it makes small things unblockable. Cool. And you can do that as much as you have the one mana because it doesn't tap or anything. The next ability is one in a red tap Subira. So you can only do this once per turn unless you can untap her. And then discard your hand. That's uh, part of the cost. Uh, <laughs> Until end of turn, whenever a creature you control with power two or less deals combat damage to a player draw a card yeah so this is interesting card draw in red it's um it's um what's the what's the what's the um simic guy that allows you to draw cards every player to draw cards when you deal combat damage oh oh, oh edric edric spy, spy master, master of, of trust, trust. Yes. yeah so it's kind of like edric it only lets you draw cards it's only you but it's only for the creatures that deal combat damage that are power two or less hmm. but it is card draw in mono red and it, you could draw a lot with this, right? Yeah, if you had seven creatures that were power two or less and they all got through, you're going to draw seven cards. So This is good in goblin decks, for sure. Yeah, and, and it, it gives you a play pattern, right? Play low CMC stuff, dump your hand out so that the discard your hand thing is not much to you because you don't have many cards in hand. Mm -hmm. And all the cards you've dumped on the table are little creatures, so they kind of bust through, and if four or five of them get through, you're just paying two and drawing four or five. Uh Note that you have to tap her to do this ability. So unless you you give her vigilance or something, she's not going to be dealing the combat damage. Right. Um, but you can make herself unblockable, which is kind of cool. Uh, no, she can't make herself unblockable. Oh, another target creature. My yeah. bad. My but bad, you, my can, bad. you can draw a card off her if you somehow manage to tap her for the, uh, the tap her. ability and then untap her and attack. You not cast an act of treason on her post-combat. Uh, no, pre-combat. Pre -combat. Yeah. Oh, boy. I don't know. I don't think that's <laughs> a thing you try and do with the no. deck. But, you, you know, you, you're going for two power or less creatures in red there are a lot of really cool ones and I, I one of the reasons i chose this deck is just the ability to play with some of them so like this first one is just a card that i like and wanted to play with yeah it's grenzo havoc razor red red legendary 2-2 goblin rogue whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player ooh, choose one you can go target creature that players controls so that creature has to attack next turn and not you and then you can also choose to exile the top card of that player's library until end of turn you may cast that card and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast that spell so one of the best cards in the whole deck because subira makes it unblockable so mm -hmm. it's definitely getting through and then goading their stuff is good because that makes it 
harder to block you because they have to attack with stuff, which means you can sort of get into these loops where maybe you can just get in over and over and make them attack somebody else. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, this next one's another one of the best cards in the deck. I think it's Prophetic Flame Speaker. It's one red red for a 1-3 human shaman, but it has double strike and cha- trample. And whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you exile the top card of your library and you may play it this turn. Oh. But it has double strike. So it's going to do it twice and you make it unblockable. Right. And oh. also, if you activate Subira's ability, what would happen is the tap ability. Mm-hmm. So you discard your hand and then it would deal one damage for first strike damage. You would exile the top card of your library, then draw a card for Subira. And then it'll deal regular damage, exile the top card of your library, draw a card from Subira. So that becomes sort of four cards that it draws right. from getting through. And you have to, you know, obviously activate Subira, but you can make it unblockable because it's a 1-3. So Yeah, I, I do like what you said too. Oftentimes in mono red decks, you find that you have to dump out your hand. Yeah. And if you can't refill it with a wheel or whatever, it's you're in r- rough shape. So Subira, that does seem pretty interesting there. Mm-hmm. Um, Goblin Assault is definitely a playable card in this deck. Two and red from an enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep. Create a 1-1 one, one red goblin creature token with haste and they attack each combat with it as if able. So even if you're not drawing cards off of them, you're still creating a lot of pressure on the board with cards like that, right? Yeah, and you could choose to make it unblockable or just let it sort of go in there and chump attack and mm-hmm. you don't really care that much because next turn maybe you do make it unblockable and activate Subira. Yeah, I like this next one a lot actually because I feel like this is something given the cards we've just talked about, you will be able to make maximum advantage of or take yeah. maximum advantage of. It's t- Lonali's Summoner, it's one in a red for a Human Shaman 1-1, one, one, uh, has Ascend, so if you control 10 or more permanents, you get the City's Blessing for the rest of the game. Uh, when it attacks, you may pay X and red. If you do, you create X 1-1 one, one red elemental creature tokens that are tapped and attacking. Whoa. And then at the beginning of the next end step, you exile those tokens unless you have the city's blessing. And the thing is with Tilanali Summoner, you usually do like X is equal to five or more. That in which gives case, you. That gets you up to city's blessing. Right. So you almost always keep the tokens. And again, they come in tapped and attacking. A lot of times you don't care if those die. You just make Tilanali's Summoner unblockable so you right. can use that every turn. And then you activate Subira and say, ah, oh, three of them are going to get through. Three of them are going to block and die. Tilanali Summoner gets through. So maybe I draw four or five cards. That Tillinola Summoner with Subira is an engine all by itself. Yeah, that's a two-card mono-red card draw. Let's get it. Yep. You rarely see that amount of synergy for card draw in red, especially just straight two-hand, which is really important. A lot of times it's exile the top card, play it until the end of turn, but this is into your hand, so that's pretty cool. Now, the problem with this whole thing is, like, you're not doing a lot of damage. Like, you're like, <laughs> I hit you for, yeah, I hit you with a 2-2 two, two, and two one ones. And you're like, down. okay, take four. Yeah, it was cute and everything, and yeah, you drew a couple of cards, but, like, it's not killing anyone. So I think you also need to be able to make this stuff do damage. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to increase the power of the stuff. Right. Because if you do, you won't draw cards with Subira. So you don't want to play a bunch of cards that say all your creatures get plus two plus L because now, well, that turns off half of my commander's text. Yeah, you don't want Trumpet Blast in this deck. But yeah. you do play Hellrider, which is two red red for a 3-3 three, three with haste. And whenever a creature you control attacks, Hellrider deals one damage to defending player. Whoa! So it kind of gives plus one plus O to all your creatures. Even better because it's on its so they can't even block it. And Hellrider doesn't have to attack either, which is cool. Yeah, but it also doesn't push them above two power so they mm-hmm. can still draw cards. Uh, Tor- Torbran, same thing. Yep. Makes them all deal two more, basically. That's actually big game. Yeah. Each, and now, because it's two or less, right? So it yep. could be up to four damage per creature attacking. Jeez. Uh, raid Bombardment is two and a red for an enchantment when a creature you control with power two or less attacks. Raid Bombardment deals one damage to... Uh, the player or planeswalker that the creature is attacking. That's a lot. Um, Berserker's Onslaught is a five mana enchantment to give all your attacking creatures double strike. That's a lot. And that's and also, again, 
Triggering Subara twice, huh? Yeah, so if you were even attacking with only three creatures, but they all have double strike, you'll draw six cards right. off of that. Uh, Braid of Fire, really good in this deck, because one of the things I found is that you don't have enough mana to give everything unblockable and still play cards. Like, mm-hmm. it sounds cheap. Pay one mana, make something unblockable. But well, you only have five mana to work with. When they're all two twos and one ones, you're like, I want to do three of them. But uh, now I only have three mana left this turn. <laughs> so Braid of Fire is one in red for an enchantment, cumulative upkeep, add a red to your mana pool, which means... The first turn it's there on your upkeep, you add a red. The second turn is two red. The third turn is three red. Yeah. But it's in your upkeep, so you can only use it for stuff that you can do at instant speed. However, Subira just says, okay, yeah, during my upkeep, I get three red mana. I'll make that, that, and that unblockable. Yeah, this is actually really good. Yeah, so it just... And you can even activate Subira with it if your hand is small or whatever before you draw your card. True, true. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Right? You so. have zero cards in hand, discard nothing, draw a card for turn, and then boom, you're trying to attack more later in that turn. Yeah. Yeah. Disrupt Decorum is, again, goading everyone to let yourself be able to get in for damage. I think that's really important, too. And, you know, you have chump blockers, so if everyone knows they want to go after you, you can at least stop some of it and then go after them. Disrupt Decorum, by the way. Two red, red sorcery, goad all contri- creatures you don't control. Yeah, it just opens the gates for everybody so you have free attacks. And also makes them deal damage to each other so maybe you can finish some people off yeah, the, yeah. The, sorry I, I misspoke they can't attack you when you goad them so right make them hit each other unless it's goal. 1v1 disruptacorn becomes kind of bad at 1v1 although <laughs> kind of bad it's not the worst because sometimes you do make them attack when they oh, right. want to right but it's still not great yeah yeah <laughs> uh anyway subera pretty cool i think i think can be a cool deck i don't i don't think it's like insanely powerful but at least you're playing a bunch of cards that maybe you wouldn't otherwise. I, th- I did think about making my deck Goblin Tribal because it does have a, seem to have a lot of Goblin synergies, but I figured there's a lot of Goblin decks out there. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. I also wanted to leave that to you someday. Oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah. yeah. No maybe Subiri and I will, will trek no, along. No, no, I meant with an actual Goblin. Oh, I see what you mean. Because yeah, I was going to say, yeah, maybe, maybe what's in her caravan is just a bunch of Goblins. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Those elephants would not be happy in the background. Um, all right, let's talk about our final legendary creature today. Uh, this one has a lot of people buzzing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Vito, Thorn of the Dusk Rose, two in the black for a 1-3. It's a legendary creature, Vampire Cleric, and it says, whenever you gain life, target opponent loses that much life, as well as three black black creatures you control gain lifelink until end of turn. So that three black black is interesting, but now this is another card that I like because it, the whole thing is there. Whenever you gain life, someone loses that much life, and you can give your creatures lifelink, so then when you gain that life, someone loses that much life. Right. You have the ability to gain life on the card, and it also does, it weaponizes the life gain on the card. But this is cool. This is half of the Sanguine uh, Exquisite combo. Yeah. The first card that every single person thinks of when they see Vito is Exquisite Blood, right? right? It's four and a black for an enchantment. Whenever an opponent loses life, you gain that much life. So with Vito, that's almost an instant win. You do have to deal damage somehow, but you deal damage, you gain that much life. That makes Vito deal damage, which makes you gain the life, which makes Vito deal damage, which makes you gain the life, and right. then you just lose, win. Lose life, and then yeah, yeah. Exquisite Blood. So it's just like, boom, you instantly... Sh- take someone from 40 to zero with that yeah so that's the first thing everybody thought of and it's in black which is the best color for tutors ah, so finding yes. the combo seems like it would be very easy so getting veto out and veto is also three mana yeah so it's like get veto out and then tutor or maybe you already tutored before you got veto out and then you know next turn you next have- turn you 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 do it and then you attack with veto and that'll get the damage going if you can hit somebody or you have a child of night two on lifelink yep. right you play before veto i mean just i mean the three mana on veto is cool here because defiant bloodlord has the exact same text of whenever you gain life target opponent loses that much life but it costs seven mana yep so it's a much cheaper version of doing it um this is i think 
potentially an instant win. It's Blood Tribute. Well, it's an instant kill on one opponent, Instant right? kill on one opponent, yeah. yeah. It's a sorcery with a kicker cost of tap an untapped vampire you control. Vito's a vampire. Target opponent loses half their life, rounded up. If the spell was kicked, you gain life equal to the life lost this way. So, lose half the life, you gain that life, they lose the other half. Yeah. Kaput. Kaput. And you get to kick it, which is cool, with Vito himself. Uh, yep. Gray Merchant is a card that loves Vito. It's... <laughs> Everybody knows what it does, right? Three black black for a two four. When it enters the battlefield, each opponent loses X life and you gain X life where X is your devotion to black. Yeah. So this is, you're going to double lose the life on them. They're going to lose 10 life because your devotion. Oh, you don't, yeah, yeah, you don't, sorry, you don't gain X life. You gain life equal to the life life lost this way. So three times X generally. Yeah. And which is double X damage. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah. Now maybe Kakusho, the evening star, because of the new dies trigger, maybe this is a great card to put in the deck or vice versa. When Kakusho dies, each opponent loses five life. You gain life equal to the life lost this way. And then they they lose. One person person loses loses. a lot. Yeah. Um, Dread presence. Whenever a swamp enters the battlefield or your control, choose one. You draw a card and you lose one life or deals two damage to any target and you gain two life. So that's four Four damage. damage to any target. I mean, if it's a player. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, that's cool because you can actually hit something for two, you gain the two life, and then you drain someone for two. So the aristocrats. Or just theme. every time you play a land, it deals 40 damage to one of your opponents is right. just kind of brutal, too, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, uh, Tendrils of Agony, oh, probably yeah. playable in this deck. It's two black, black for a sorcery. Target player loses two life, and you gain two life, but it has storm, so you copy it for each spell um, cast before it this turn, and then you may tr- choose new targets for the copy. So even if you just cast like three spells and then this, it might do like, you know. 24 damage to somebody out of it nowhere yeah 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 um okay cards that you are commanders they might want to put veto in alenda the dusk rose everybody she's back not yeah. like she was gone in the first place um it's a one woman's lifelink that's two a white and a black whenever another creature dies put a plus one plus one counter on alenda and when alenda dies create x one one white vampire creatures tokens with lifelink ta-da x is alenda's power yep seems good lose a lot of life keep it going kirik son of yagmoth this is four and then three phyrexian black mana so seven mana or four mana and six life for a legendary creature horror minion two two with lifelink but you can pay um for each black for each black in a cost you may pay two life rather than pay that cost whenever you cast a black spell you put a one one counter on kirik so the fact that you're going to gain so much life in the veto deck or the kirik deck Mm kind of works in your favor because that's going to turn into damage any deck that's already gaining a lot of life yeah veto probably wants to go in there so ayara first of lockthwain sir conrad the grim cards we talk about quite a bit now in the show and then our favorite white black gain a lot of life or episode 100 yes i ailey eternal pilgrim let's go back and tell him to put veto in the deck (laughs) and karlov uncle carl of the ghost council basically i mean it, it it, it makes sense. Um, there is a new card from M21 though I wanted to mention, which is Peer into the Abyss. That is a frightening art. It might be one of the most frightening arts, I think. If we do another Halloween frightening art episode. <laughs> this this is, is, don't forget about there, this card, yeah. yeah. Four black, black, black for a sorcery. Target player draws cards equal to half the number of cards in their library and loses half their life round up each time. So this is, again, if you find ways to take someone down, you can just kill someone with this mm-hmm. if they're at low enough. I mean, like, they're going to lose. Or you might be at enough life total that you're just like, I'll draw half my deck. Yeah, I'll draw half my deck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've gained enough life this year, yeah. or this game. All right. Quick discussion here. What do we think about the overall power level here of these cards? I'm, I'm, I think I'm pleased. I don't want cards that break the format every time. Yep. I want some new options to be available. And there's a couple of cards here where I'm like, eh. 
Yeah, I mean, I think overall this is fine, and we've had such an influx of commanders and stuff, and we've got so more coming down the pipe later yeah. this year. Um, Commander Legends is going to be a set review nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. 71 new Legends. I mean, a couple of those are Planeswalkers, but still. How are we... We're going to have to split that up into, like, three episodes. Colors, maybe? Let us know if you have a better oh, idea. Yeah. We don't even know what the cards are, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with this. I, I don't think there's anything, like, groundbreaking or that's, like, extremely awesome. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I like I said, we've had enough stuff and we're going to have enough stuff in the future that I'm kind of fine with a entry-level commander type of stuff. And there's some stuff here that I think will be good. Rada, mm-hmm. um, Jarrell, Mangar is pretty cool, actually. Just finally having something that does that. As a card that's in white that you are going to put in a lot of decks, maybe it's not the commander. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't, like, say, hey mono white's viable all of a sudden all by itself but it's a good white card yeah uh, baron is kind of mean um veto is probably the most powerful we're going to talk about this actually let's, yeah, let's go on to the well i mean well i don't want to skip i don't want to skip your opinion here you did say that you were happy with this do you want to explain it a little bit more yeah was, sorry the i think the consensus among the two of us is these are a little bit lower power but we're okay with it yeah entry level is the best way to describe it you want to not intimidate players because the corset is a great time for a lot of new players to come into the game and that's sort of how they market it that's how they want it to be it's a corset it harkens back to the basics no crazy mechanics like mutate so like you said entry level these cards all make sense nothing on it makes you scratch your head and wonder what is happening here right so i think i think like new players i, I could see myself as a new player seeing Niambi and being like that's super cool i yeah. want to build that yeah yeah, that's true, because we're jaded, because we've just seen Blink decks for the last five years. <laughs> but if you just started playing Magic in the last year, you haven't, you know, Brago and Rune are kind of a little bit older, and you maybe right. haven't seen that. So to you, that's like, sweet, Blinky, Legendary Matters deck. So, yeah, that could be exciting. Yippee. I, I don't want to take uh, the wind out of anybody's sails. Okay, let's talk about our two uh, awards that we always hand out. Mm-hmm. There's the most powerful new commander and our favorite overall new commander, uh, let's do most powerful first. Okay. I have mine. Yeah, I think this makes sense. All right, three, two, one. Veto. Veto. Yeah. Just it's an enchantment that is already a part of a two-card infinite win the game on the spot combo type thing. Right? And, you know, Grim Tutor just got reprinted in this set. Right. Demonic Tutor, Vampiric Tutor, a million tutors. You can find the other half of the combo pretty easy. So, And Veto is a three CMC commander, so pulling off that combo is not going to be difficult. I think what will happen to a lot of people, they'll put that combo in their deck, they'll pull it off a couple times, realize that's actually not that fun, then take it out. Yeah. And then we're going to start be playing against Veto decks where they sit down, shuffle up their deck, put Veto out and go, I don't have Exquisite Blood in the deck. And you have to go, I don't believe you, unless you truly know that they don't. I would believe them if they said specifically, I don't have Exquisite Blood in this deck. Yeah. And then it might be like, fine. Otherwise, they're going to not say that and you're going to be like, every time Veto is about to come out, I'm going to counter it or kill it immediately. <laughs> because you have to. Yeah. I think Baron's probably second. What do you think? Uh, you know, I was going to put Subira up there just because Red hasn't had that kind of like amount of card draw outside of like a wheel effect. And I'm more partial to Red as well. Right. Anything, anytime it says draw a it's card. It's a lot of hoops to jump through though to, to get that working. Welcome I don't, I, to my life. Yeah. Gosh, it's always been a lot <laughs> I of I think hoops. it's fun. I don't think it's super powerful. Yeah. Yeah. All I, right. Favorite overall new commander. Um, oh, this is a tougher one. Don't forget Rin and Seri are also in the mix. Oh. Dog Cat. Sold. Sold. Rin and Siri, I forgot because we don't have the buy box promo in well, front you know, of us here. I'm going to give the nod to Mangara. It's the beginning, I believe. I don't know what's coming up, but I hope that we continue down this line. What Mark said was very heartening. I'm very excited to see what happens in the future. So Mangara's just getting the nod for stuff that might happen in the future? Well, it's the it's, it's getting the nod for being like the first person to, you know, step out onto the tracks and, and like try and swim the English channel. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
Like sure. it's like one of those. It's like it's the guy that got him in the barrel and went over Niagara Falls. Okay. That's Mangara. Wow. So <laughs> keep it up, white. Yeah. Mangara. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sure. It's better than the other version that just exiled itself, right? <laughs> <laughs> the original Mangara. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, because that card is sweet when you blink it. But yeah, 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 totally. But I think this is for white. Does yeah. a lot more. Yeah. All right. To the listeners, what is your favorite new legendary creature that can be your commander from M21? Are there any cool interactions or combos you see that we missed? We'd love to hear from you. Please tweet at us or put it in the comments. Yeah. And hey, look, it may not be your commander, but it may be in the 99. So make sure you head on over to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. If you're going to want to build any of these, put them into your deck. I really do think Subira could be really awesome in a lot of different goblin decks. So I, I could see, you know, Subira, I could see Mongar being in a lot of decks. Vito. Talk about Subira a lot. Are you jealous that I played it on Game Night? I kind of want to build it now that I think about it. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Hellrider and Subira and all the damage that comes through. And I'm like, I already have two other mono red decks. Maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> Jimmy's like, oh man, that is my jam. It's my jam. <laughs> Peanut butter and jam. Let's get it. Um, yeah. So make sure you check out cardcam.com slash command zone. All you have to do is just type in the affiliate link, browse the site, find things that you may have realized you not realized that you needed, right? The, the site's got tons of stuff, great fast shipping, great customer service, and you're supporting the show directly when you do so. And another way to support the show is to purchase products from ultra pro they are the company that jimmy and i trust to protect our own collections our own decks we really can't give a higher praise than that they're literally the product that we both use day to day and you want to keep your cards in good condition you want to keep them safe ultra pro also has a bunch of other really cool products they have mm -hmm. things like wall scrolls that can go uh, oh, yeah. on the wall in your gaming room i don't know if uh in this angle you can see it, can see it. a little bit yeah. history but now your scroll you've seen them in the background on game nights and things like that they also have really cool heavy metal gravity dice mm -hmm. if you've ever used some of the ultra pro dice you know that as soon as you roll it out there people are like whoa they pick it up and they're heavy like, like whoa where'd you get these yeah they just feel cool and expensive yeah uh they have relic tokens to sort of make your any tokens that you play look cooler and easier to track and things much like that. Much easier to track. Yeah. I also had the pleasure of sleeving up not one, but two decks in Eclipse Sleeves recently, and I oh, love the experience. Like butter. It is really, truly like butter. Even like touching these cards, I'm like, ah, yes. Oh, yeah, they're I in know Eclipse what Sleeves, sleeves they're in. Course, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Maybe I'll shuffle them while we're talking. All right. Now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I, I got nothing. I have something cool. All right, cool. Um, it might be slightly controversial. So for those people, there's a lot going on in the world right now. And I yes. think Jimmy and I have made our um, opinions about this kind of stuff known if you follow us on Twitter and things. We don't talk about this kind of stuff on the show much. Yes. Um, so I understand there's some people out there that disagree with us, but we are definitely both firmly on the side of the Black Lives Matter movement. Listen, I'm not going to preach to everybody here, but what I would like to say is there's a film on Netflix called 13th and it's by... Ava DuVernay, who is a, a director, she did Selma and some other things. And one of the few directors trusted to helm a movie also over a hundred million dollar budget. So she is, I, I respect her quite a bit. Yeah, great director. She's also great on Twitter if you want to follow her. Yeah. Um, that's not what I'm talking about here today. I've had a lot of discussions on Twitter. I'm sure you have too, Jimmy, because, you know, there are people on both sides of everything that's going on with the protesting and of course, everything. Of course. Here's the thing. I think if you've been listening to Jimmy and I for a long time, which hopefully you have, Maybe you disagree with our opinions about this thing, and that's fine. But I think you know that we're thoughtful guys. We're thoughtful people. We don't come to opinions like quickly. We research. We think about it, mm -hmm. just like we do with magic. And I would just say that if you're open at all or questioning what's going on, you know, I think there's a lot of people, obviously, no matter what we say here, we're not going to convince them to agree with us. And like I said, that's fine. But the people that are maybe on the fence are 
don't know the facts or are wondering what the facts are, I think the film 13th on Netflix will get you started. Now, is one film you're going to watch ever going to be like, hey, here's all the information you need? <laughs> no, of course not. You should do research and you should look into the things, which I think Jimmy and I both have done to come to the opinions that we're at. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'd say. Watch the th- watch 13th. I think it will give you cool. a new lens for a lot of people out there on all the stuff that's going on in the world right now to have having to do with the protests and things like that. Uh, it's funny. I'm not funny, but it's it's weird that you can say all the things going on in the world right now, and it could be two different things. It could be three talking. different. It could yeah. be so many different things. At so this it's point. been a crazy year, and uh, yeah, this again, it's not going to be our style to talk about this kind of stuff on this show a lot. Yeah, uh, but thirteenth on Netflix. It's a good watch. I think it'll open your eyes to a lot of stuff. There are crazy statistics and they're verifiable. We have one fourth, 25% of all the incarcerated people in the world Jeez. in the United States. The United States is like 5% of the world population. So there's something going on there if you want to find out more about it. 13th on Netflix. I have a, an end step too that's kind of adjacent, but is more broad in general. Uh, Josh, why do we tell people to check out other YouTube channels about magic? Uh, because we figure, hey, you like magic and we're not covering everything. There's these other things we're fans of and we want to support them. Great. So we are getting a diverse opinion set, right? Right. We're seeing it from different angles. Professor's reviewing stuff. He has a more critical tone usually towards certain things. You get you don't see that from us as much. We do criticize Watsi from time to time and we rag on white like crazy, but you get other views by looking to other places. Now, right. if you only watched us, right. you would have a very specific viewpoint of the world, right? right? Of Commander. And I don't think that's right. I think you should try and engage with more stuff. I think it's the exact same and we don't realize it, but for things like news media... Twitter even, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, TikTok even, you are being fed a very specific slice of things that the internet has deemed that they think you want to watch more of. And that's sort of like the internet's prerogative, right? YouTube wants you to stay on the site more, so it's going to try and recommend you videos that will keep you on the site more. That also means that you might be only being fed a more and more narrow view of something until that's all you see. So I would encourage people out there to treat the way that they watch news, read news, and, and and discuss and look at normal events around the world in the same way that you approach content creation and things that you watch online. Try to see more than just one viewpoint because you're going to find out that sometimes the single thing that you saw that made up 90% of your opinion is actually only 10% of the facts. So the more you and see... That, listen, that's true for if you're on the left side of the aisle or the right side of the yes. aisle because I've seen the extreme liberal stuff and you're like, Oh boy. <laughs> that's yeah, that's just as bad bad quote unquote. That's just as incorrect as the thing I'm seeing on the other side of the aisle even though I it's closer to what I agree with. That's not true either. Yeah. So, yeah, it's we're just in this weird day and age where it's hard to find truth. It really is. It's, you know, the first time maybe in human history we're in this point. So, I understand why a lot of people are having troubles with it. Yeah. I think like I said, whether you agree with us or not, hopefully you can respect the fact that Jimmy and I are thoughtful guys. We come to our opinions for reasons. I'm sure a lot of people are out there are the same way. So I'm not telling you what to think. I'm just saying, and I think you're saying the same thing. Engage more, watch more, just learn oh. everything. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, I threw my paper, but here you go. Big you thanks share. to our editing <laughs> graphics and logistics team, which is Craig Brownshed, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Alfred Estaca, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, and Sam Waldo. And big thanks as always to Jeffrey Palmer. Follow him on Living Cards MTG. He's actually breaking down how he makes the animated cards that live behind us here on set, as well as that uh, the animations that start and end this show, which you're about to see right about now, because that's the end of the episode. Goodbye, everyone. All right. Thanks for watching. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Peace.
your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.